0: Last week in our message, we talked about what it means to live a life oriented by God's instructions, how to pass down his teaching to the people that come after us, to show the world around us the teaching that he gives us in his word. Today, we are going to focus on what it means to live a life that's guided by that teaching. What does it actually mean to live out your faith? We talk a lot about letting uh, your faith guide your actions, guide your words, sharing God's love with people around us. And we can sometimes accidentally leave all of those instructions all those inspiring kind of quotes in the abstract we don't get specific or concrete about what it means to live out our christian faith but today we're taking a look a short look at the book of james james chapter 2 and we're going to spend some time reading through these verses that give us specific instructions specific outlines as to how to live out our faith, how to measure whether our faith is impacting our actions and our words. And I'll be honest with you, the book of James is not an easy read. A lot of times you read it and it immediately identifies those parts of your life that you really need to spend time Uh, working on, getting better at living out your faith, getting better at serving the people around you, getting better at relinquishing or or putting away your own uh, selfish ambitions, your own uh, prioritized perspective, and focusing on what it means to be a humble recipient of God's grace and what it means for that grace to play out in your life in the way that you treat other people. So we're going to read through a part of James chapter 2, verse 8 through uh, verse 18, just 10 verses. And you're going to hear these verses convict you. It's a tough read. It's a challenging read. They're going to identify, again, those things that we sometimes don't want to think about. The things we're tempted to forget about uh, so that we think we're fine. We're good as Christians. But the reality is, since we live as sinners forgiven by God, we're always struggling with that sinful nature. That tendency to, to pull away from God and do things our own way. And so books like James help us to read and remember Those parts of our lives that we specifically, concretely, can put our effort and attention into as we ask God to shape us into the people He is designing us to be. So listen in on this part of James chapter 2. Yes, indeed, it is good when you obey the royal laws found in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking the law. For the person who keeps all of the laws except one is as guilty as a person who has broken all of God's laws. For the same God who said you must not commit adultery also said you must not murder. So if you murder someone but do not commit adultery, you have still broken the law. So whatever you say or whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. When we read through those verses in James, it can be so tough for us to hear those phrases repeated at us. We almost feel a little attacked because we're being told by the the apostle James writing these instructions to the early Christians that faith needs to be seen in the way that you live your life. Now, I want to make something clear because this is a common misinterpretation of the way that God's grace and our actions tie into one another, the connection that they have with one another. You see, our salvation, our identity in God is never is never dependent on our actions. God's grace, that is a free gift that He's given us through His Son, Jesus Christ, who lived a perfect life whose life measured up to the perfect law, the standard that God laid out for his people. Jesus lived a life that met that standard, that exceeded that standard. And in his death, a miraculous covering, a miraculous forgiveness is given to you and me who trust in his promises, who believe in the word that he has given us, that if we trust in him, if we believe in Jesus, his actions will count for us and God will see us as his own children forgiven and perfect, made holy by the work and word of His Son, Jesus. Now, the question is, what does that really do to us? If we're still imperfect, but we've been forgiven by God, shouldn't our lives look a little bit different? And the answer, as James would say here, is absolutely yes. You see, it's it's impossible to be forgiven by God. It's impossible to have faith and belief in Jesus and for it not to have an effect on your life. But the confusion that we sometimes fall into is thinking that our actions— are what God waits to see before he gives us that forgiveness. And that's a confusion, that's a misinterpretation, that's a misunderstanding. God forgives us, and out of that forgiveness and out of that new identity as his children flows this new way of life. And though we still will struggle with our habits, we still will struggle with our selfishness and our problems, we know that because God has given us an identity as his own children, He is walking with us and coaching us and guiding us and instructing us in those things that we can work on to become people more like Him. So these verses in James, they tell us, uh, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder. These are phrases from the Ten Commandments, those familiar laws and commandments that we teach our children here in church that uh, we remember from uh, teachings and from worship together. But then there's also the overarching command Jesus gives His people to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we hear those those broad commands and we know, okay, there's things I could do better in life. But then James gets hyper-specific in this verse. He says, what good is it if you have a neighbor, a friend, a brother or sister you see on the street who doesn't have food or clothing or shelter and you say, hey, uh, have a good day. May you have food, may you eat well, may you sleep securely, but you don't help them out. Well, what good has your words done? What good have have you done to to serve your neighbor? If you're called as a Christian, to evident the love that God has shown you in the way you treat others, then our actions need to back up our words and our words and actions together are evidence of the faith that we have. We're not proving to God that we're his children. We are showing the world what it means that we've received this adoption into God's family by his grace and his forgiveness. James is just helping us realize that our identity as Christians has a real impact on our lives. It changes us. It truly does. And it shapes us into the people God is designing us to be. People perfect and made holy. That is, set apart, different from the world. That means that we aren't guided by our selfish ambitions anymore. We're not driven by revenge or motivated to recompense our neighbor for the things they've done wrong to us. Instead, we live a life guided by patience, by humility, by the forgiveness and mercy that we've received displayed to the world around us, whether or not they reciprocate it whether or not they show it to us as well. We always, as Christians, are given the command to live for others. God has given us a new life, forgiveness, a new identity as his children, and we display that to the world that they might also come to understand the beautiful relationship that God has with his children. The last two verses of this reading say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds, and I will show you my faith? The pronouns that James is using are you and I, me and you, two human beings discussing what it means to be a Christian. Notice he's not saying God is going to be uh, convinced of your faith if you live out this Christian way of life. He's not saying that God is waiting to see you change your life before he before he gives you his grace. No, that's 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 not what James is saying. He's saying, look, this is the opportunity we have as Christians to share the love of God with the people around us if we show that faith to the world around us. If we live a life guided by patience, if we share our blessings with our neighbors, if we if we love our neighbor as ourselves through the words that we say, through the things we post online, through the way that we talk about people uh, behind their back, right? Through the way that we interact with the homeless people we drive by every day on the street. Every single one of these little places is an opportunity that God has given you to show your faith to the world around you, to to show the world what it means to be a child of God. This is uh, such an inspiring and joyful work when we can understand this letter from James, not as a condemnation against you and me, not as a threat that God's going to take his grace away from us if we don't live a perfect life. No, what James is saying is you've been changed by the gospel Jesus died and rose and that that forgiveness is yours because you believe in his message. So what are you going to do with it? How are you going to show that to the world? Is that going to make a difference for you or not? And he's saying it should make a difference. It is the proof to the world that God has made a change in our lives. It's an opportunity for witness, for sharing our faith by the way that we live, by the words that we say, by the things that we do. Last week, we talked about who's your teacher and who are you teaching? Well, the way that we teach the people around us oftentimes is through our words and actions. We might not even know that they're learning from us, but if we live this Christian life that's changed by the forgiveness we have from God, we are teaching them about the joyful and beautiful relationship God has with his people, those that believe in him. James is a tough read, but I would encourage you to crack it open someday and read through those short chapters just to see how might God be pushing you to, to to work on a few specific things in your life to better show the world that His love has made a difference in your life.